Hey, this is Dino. I'm the pastor of Revolution Church. Thank you for downloading this podcast. We hope this message is encouraging to you and will help you to discover God's unchanging love. For more information, visit our website at therevolutionchurch.com. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Revolution Church. I'm Dan Russell, and I'm honored to be with you this morning. It's a privilege to be able to bring the word forth this morning and to be able to share God's message with you. If it's your first time joining us, welcome. So glad that you could be here. Today's a special day with a special message, and I'm excited to bring it to you. So this week, we're going to continue on in the series we've been talking about for a few weeks, Reclaim. I'm getting a lot out of this message. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things that I'm ready to reclaim. Now this week, our message is entitled, Because He Said So. I hope you're ready for it. Before we get started on the Word, let's pray together. Lord, we thank you so much. Lord, we thank you that we have the opportunity to come before you today. We thank you that your word is true, that it's on time, and that it's feeding us right now in this season. Lord, we thank you for our pastor. We thank you for Pastor Dino and Pastor Jeannie. We thank you for their leadership, their diligence. And Lord, we thank you for this body of Christ that we have brought together. We thank you for every visitor this morning, every first-time visitor. Lord, we just ask for you to open every spirit Open every ear and open every heart to receive what you're speaking to the church this morning. And in Jesus' name, we all said together, amen. So when all of us were kids, I know I'm just not talking about myself, every one of us asked our parents a time or two a question, maybe they gave us an answer, and we decided we wanted to challenge that answer. The response that At least I got it home several times. Maybe you only got it once or twice. I got it quite a bit because I said so. I don't know about you, but that one, I didn't always like that answer. I wanted more depth. I wanted a better answer, but because I said so was the response. I hear it at my house sometimes with my six kids. It's simply because I said so, and that means the conversation's over. Doesn't mean ask more questions. It doesn't mean continue on, it means because I said so. Now when you're little, it's enough. We settle for it. Mom said so, dad said so. Usually when mom says so, it's a little more serious. Dads, you know what I'm talking about. But when mom says, I said so, that's the final word. Don't even think about going to dad, that's it. When we get a little older, we become teenagers. We push our parents a little bit more. We maybe challenge a little bit more. But again, when you get that answer, you know, end of conversation. Why? Well, first off, we don't want the consequences if we ask one more time. Well, but in all seriousness, we know it's because ultimately our parents know what's best. We know that they, they want what's best for us. So when they say, because I said so, we accept it and we move on. My question today is, why do we struggle so much with what God says? Now, today we're going to talk about what he says. We're going to talk about these messages. I truly believe that God has promises for us, 
I believe that he's placed desires in our heart and he's got great plans and intentions for our life. Not one of us was created by accident. Every single one of us has a plan and a purpose for our life that God predestined. That's pretty cool when you think about it. Now, when we ask God a question, why can't his answer be? Because I said so. Dino, Anton, the last few weeks have been talking about reclaim. This awesome message. Reclaim. Reclaim your healing. Reclaim your marriage. Reclaim your blessings. Now, I'm going to hit you guys with a tough one right now. Some of us are struggling to grasp this concept. Why? Because you haven't claimed your blessing yet. I'm going to say that one more time. You can't reclaim something that you haven't fully accepted yet. If you haven't fully accepted that you're called, that you're chosen, that you walk in healing, if you haven't claimed that yet, it becomes pretty difficult to reclaim something. Because to reclaim something means you had it once, you accepted it once, and now you're bringing it back. Now, for some of us, this season, we are reclaiming. We're reclaiming our purpose. We're reclaiming our blessings. But for some, we're struggling right now because we're hearing this awesome message and we're saying, this is awesome, Dino. It's very, very cool. And but when the message ends, we're struggling to receive it. God's telling you this morning, maybe it's time to claim your blessing. For others, we're reclaiming. But ultimately, we have to decide that those blessings are real. We have to decide that that healing is real. We have to decide that God is really paying attention to us and that we matter to him. So why should we reclaim these things? Because he said so. Now, you may say, Dan, what, what are you talking about because he said so? I'm going to speak personally. I know growing up, I'd hear people talking about they received a word from God. And I always wondered, how'd you get that word? Did he call you? He sent you a text message? Did you get an email? Did you get that really loud, booming voice from the sky? Daniel, you're called to be blessed. Now, a lot of us don't hear from God that way. And that's okay. In fact, it says he comes as a still, soft voice. But let's think about the promises that he's given us. Okay, because we have to accept that those promises are real, but we also have to find them. So today, we're going to go on a little journey, and I'm going to make sure that we know without question some of God's promises and what he's saying so. So first, I'm going to ask you this. Why are we blessed? Because he said so. Let me give you some backup. Deuteronomy 28.6, blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. That's pretty clear to me. When I walk in, he says I'm blessed. When I'm leaving, I'm still blessed. It doesn't change. Why are we forgiven? You always talk about all the time. We talk about we're forgiven. That God's love covers all of that. 
that we're forgiven from our sins. Is it just our old sins? What about the sins today? What about the sin we're going to commit tomorrow? Is there a point that we get to that it's too much? Because when we look at how we judge others, when we look at how we love others, see, we love conditionally. We don't walk in agape love. We don't walk in that unconditional love that Jesus has taught us. But see, Jesus forgives us. How do we know that? Ephesians 1.7, it says, In him we have redemption. Through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, his unmerited favor. Why can we believe for healing? Now listen, we've seen a lot in the last 12 months. I just spoke to a friend not long ago, just a few hours ago, and he shared with me that he lost his father to COVID-19. Broke my heart. We sat and we talked about it. As excited as some of us are getting now, as CDC says no more masks, we can start to see these wonderful faces again. Some of you just thought, I want some people to keep wearing their masks. Stop, stop that thought, okay? But we now get to take our masks off. We're getting excited about that, right? But there's still some pain that's still lingering. That residue's still there. My friend who lost their father still hurting but we can still believe for healing. We can still believe for miracles. You may say, wait a minute, Dan, I, I got a bad doctor's report. My test results came back and they don't look good. How can you tell me I can believe for healing? Isaiah 53, five. I wanna make sure we dig into this one. If, you've, if you're looking on your phone, you've got your Bible in front of you, or simply if my cool friend Sean, who does all the graphics and everything, he may put it up on the screen for you. So you might be looking right down here right now. But Isaiah 53, five, it says, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. So wait a minute. The Bible doesn't say by his stripes we might be healed. I, I don't know what version you're looking. I looked through all. New Living Translation, New King James, International Version. It doesn't say might. It doesn't say maybe. It says by his stripes we are healed. So see, that's a gift. We have to receive that gift. We have to claim that gift. We have to reclaim that gift. Why are we called? Why are we chosen? That's one of those cool ones. I love saying it. I love saying we're called, we're chosen. I'm called. I'm chosen. But listen, I'm going to be transparent. Every now and then you get that voice. Really? You? What makes you special? Why are you called? Who chose you? Maybe do you really belong or just kind of going with the flow? Did God really call me? Did God really know my name? Does he really know the number of hairs on my head? 
Even the gray ones? Well, Deuteronomy 14.2. For you are a holy people to the Lord for your God. And the Lord has chosen you to be a people for himself. We have to recognize God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't get surprised by things. He is not sitting back right now, floored from COVID-19, wondering how we're going to get out of this. No. He's not looking at you today saying, I wonder what can we do with this one? He's had a plan all along. Scripture said he knew you before you were even in your mother's womb. He knew you before that first mistake you ever made. And he knows about the last one you're going to make and everything in between. We're called. We're chosen for a purpose. It's not because of anything you and I have done. We don't deserve it. Uh, again, let, let's, let's claim that. Because you actually have to get to a point where you can appreciate that we're not perfect. We're not deserving. And the moment that you claim that and grasp that, then now you can reclaim that forgiveness, that love, that mercy, that unmerited favor that we're able to walk in every day. It's a different level of relationship with God. You're not trying to prove yourself over and over because you understand that he simply accepts you for who you are because he made you that way. He made you that way for a purpose because he has a plan for your life. Now, what if we start to get outside of just ourselves? Your children's children will be blessed. Oof. Now we start talking about a touchy subject. With six children, I promise you, I have worried about almost everything you can imagine. Three daughters. There's a lot of worrying that goes on when you have three daughters. Three sons. I remember when they were young, you had to make sure they actually took a shower, that their clothes matched. And, you know, listen, some of them walked out with two different color socks on saying it's the style right now. And you just shake your head and you just wonder, how is this, how is this one going to make it in the real world? And then you sit back years later and you say, my God, you had a plan. Here we were as parents worrying the whole way. Did we push too hard? Did we not push enough? Were we too hard? Were we too strict? Should we have buckled down a little bit harder? And you're looking all around and I don't know about you guys, but I haven't found any perfect parents that have got it right. We just all try our best. And there's such a beautiful time when your kid comes back to you and thank God some of mine have. Still waiting on a couple of you. You're watching this morning, so I'm really hoping you get there. Just joking. But when they come back and they understand, mom, dad, I know you simply did your best. I know you were kind of winging it, but you tried and you loved me the whole way through. Well, see, the difference with God is he's not winging it. He's not figuring it out as we go. God knows. He understands. But the one thing that remains the same is he loves us the whole way through. The way that we love our natural children. So why can we believe for our children to be blessed? Because he said so. 
I love the New Living Translation of this one. Psalms 112.2. It says, Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. That's us. That's us that he's talking about. That's our children. That's our children's children. Why wouldn't we want to claim that? Why wouldn't we want to claim that we are going to be a godly people that will be blessed? Remember, we're going to be blessed coming in. We're going to be blessed going out. See, when I look at that scripture, I say, so God, you're talking about my life. I'm going to walk into my life blessed. And when I go on to the kingdom of heaven, God willing, I'm going to be blessed then at the end. Guess what? We're blessed. We talk about it every week. We're blessed. We're highly favored. We're deeply loved. There's a reason that Pastor Dino continues to bring that message to us because it's that reminder that God said so and you're claiming it every week. You're reclaiming it every week. We're blessed. We're highly favored and we're deeply loved. Now you may be asking, how can I trust this? I'm going to hit a tough spot for some of you. A lot of us struggle with trust. Maybe something from the way we were raised. Maybe experiences in life. We've been let down a time or two. We may have even been hurt in church. Church is full of people, isn't it? And where you find people, you're going to find fault. That's okay. But can you open your heart up to trust God? Has he let you down before? Hasn't he always been there? Even when that situation, you couldn't quite understand how you were going to get out of it or how something good could come out of it. When you look back, something did. And it was God. So how can you trust him? I'm going to tell you why you can trust him. Isaiah 55, 11 says, So shall my word be, that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper for the thing for which I sent it. God's word doesn't return to him void. So when he says you're blessed, you're blessed. The enemy can't change that. You can't change that. The world can't change that. Society can't change that. You're blessed and you walk in God's unmerited favor. That can't be changed. You can trust that. You can trust that when you read scripture, or when you pray and God speaks to your heart, you may say, Dan, I, I, I'm still struggling with this concept of he's speaking to me. I don't hear him. We got to quiet ourselves sometime. Quiet the noise. Turn the news off. Shut the cell phone off. Stop looking at Facebook and trying to compare your life to everybody else's because I'm telling you, it looks good on Facebook, but the moment that that post is posted, guess what? It may not be so pretty. It's called life. 
I know I have got my kids together on Christmas morning for a picture, and it sure looks good when we posted it on Facebook. But whew, if any of you are sitting with any of my children right now watching this, look at them. They are nodding their head very big. The moment before that picture was not pretty, but it looked good on Facebook. See, we got to quiet all that. We've got to quiet the noise. We may have to quiet our parents. We may have to quiet some friends that are speaking negatively. We may have to quiet some people that are speaking death over us. They're not speaking life. And when you quiet all those things and you let your heart be open, that's when he speaks to you. That's when you receive God's word. His word will not return to him void. So last week, Dino talked about Simon when he and Jesus went fishing. It's one of my favorite scriptures. So I want to take you to Luke 5, verses 4 through 6, because there's something I want to dig back into, something I want to point out to you. It says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out in the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. But because you say so. I'm going to say it again. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they had caught such a large number of fish that the nets began to break. Maybe you didn't catch that line before. I know I didn't. I, I read through it. I was amazed. Oh my goodness. He went out. So my question for you today is, regardless of what the situation is in front of you, the doctor's report, the test result, maybe the amount in your bank account. I'm sorry. I'm getting real with you guys this morning. You're like, yeah, damn, we're talking about I'm blessed. Uh, check my bank statement. I don't feel so blessed. Check my test results, Dan. I'm not feeling so blessed right now. In fact, I'm feeling a little scared. You're talking about my children are blessed. I, I just got a report on my kid and they're struggling in school. Academically, they're battling depression. I can't connect with them. I don't feel like I'm spending enough time with them. I don't feel like my children are blessed. I'm wondering, are we at a point that God's saying, because I said so, and we're still giving him all the reasons why it won't work? See, Simon was sitting here telling Jesus all the reasons it wouldn't work. See, some of you are missing out on your blessings because we're too busy telling God all of the reasons it won't work. We've got a long list. We're like, God, let me tell you why I'm not going to be blessed. I'm not going to be blessed because the way I grew up, I'm going to tell you what my mom did. Man, I'll tell you that. That was a lot. And then my dad, I mean, there was no way I'm going to be blessed. Look where I came from, God. And then look at this over here. God, here's another reason I shouldn't be blessed. Wait a minute. Why are we arguing with God to not be blessed? Why do we not want to accept it? Why do we struggle to claim this blessing? 
Why do we want to put on us everything that the world is putting on us, telling us why we can't do it when God is saying nothing but, I said so. (laughs) See, Simon gave him all the reasons. God, you're telling us to go out in the middle of the afternoon. You know Simon was like, listen, Jesus, I've seen you do all this cool stuff, like the two two fish, five loaves of bread, all those people. That was pretty cool. I like that. Pretty good at that. I'm the fisherman. This is what I do. So why don't you stick to doing your miracle things over there and let me stick to being a fisherman. He's sitting there telling him, it's the afternoon. Jesus, we don't ever go out in the afternoon. You don't catch anything in the afternoon. Plus, we worked hard all night. You're telling me to do it again? One more time? Maybe he's telling you that this morning. God, you don't, you don't understand my spouse. Do you know how long we've been at this? We've been married all these years and we still don't have it right. I'm done. I'm done, God. One more time? What's going to make it different this time? Because he said. Because he said. God, I've worked at this with my kid. I've been at it for so long and they just don't want to listen. One more time, because he said, God, I've applied for all these jobs. I keep getting turned down. Nobody appreciates me, God. I know Dan's talking about I'm blessed and that's great for him and maybe it's for everybody else, but not me this morning. I can't find a job. I'm looking all over the place. Everybody's talking about there's jobs everywhere and I'm looking and I can't find one. I can't can't pay my bills right now. I'm struggling. Do you want me to apply one more time? Yes, because he's got the right job for you now and you're prepared for it now. Maybe you weren't ready before, but today you are because he said so. Why are we going to be blessed? Why are we going to be healed? Why are our relationships going to be restored? Parents, that broken relationship with your children, the one that you don't even want to talk about. I know I'm speaking to somebody this morning. I'm speaking to somebody this morning that your heart's hurting because of this wall that's been built between you and your child. Maybe it's because of a divorce. Maybe it's because of years of you not being connected. Maybe a fallout, a misunderstanding. And now because of pride, you're saying, I'm just going to let it go. They They don't want to reconnect with me. Dan, you're talking about somebody else. No, I'm talking about you this morning. That child that just, they want to, They want to reach out to their parent and say, I'm sorry. It's okay. You can. One more time. Stop coming up with every reason why it won't work this time. Don't think about how last time it fell apart. That marriage. I'm talking to a marriage right now. I'm talking to somebody right now that you're saying, I don't even want to talk to anybody about it. I'm embarrassed. I don't know how we got here. I don't know how in the last 12 months when we spent more time together, 
it felt like we were further and further apart. I don't know how we got here. God can heal it. God can restore it. God can bring it back together. Why? Because he said so. So why are we able to walk in this power? This responsibility? Because he said so. See, we're king's kids. And there's something that comes with that that ultimately you just can't run from. Let's look at a couple examples here about the power that we're able to walk in when we do what he says. What about when Peter walked on water to Jesus? Oh, wait a minute. I checked. I looked all around. And you know Google. You can Google anything. You can find it. Peter was not a fish. We're all in agreement there. Peter was also not a mermaid. But he walked on water. Why? Because Jesus said so. See, in Matthew 14, 28, it says, And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So Jesus said, come. And when Peter had come down from the boat, he walked on water to go to Jesus. Wait a minute. Jesus didn't reach out his hand and pull Peter across. No eagles came down and picked Peter up and carried him to Jesus. Jesus said one word, one word, come. And Peter, who was no different than you or I, walked on water. But what happened before that happened? See, Peter said, if it's you, command me. Right? Help me with my unbelief because you are asking me to come out there to you and I've never done this before. Maybe that's speaking to somebody this morning. Maybe you've got something in front of you right now and you have a little bit of fear and trepidation about going forth and you're saying, I, I, I haven't done this one before, God. You're, wait, you're asking me to do this? But, but I, I, I haven't done this before and frankly, I haven't seen anybody else ever do this before but you're telling me to do it. Maybe I'm speaking to somebody this morning who, a little innovative, you've got an idea, a dream, and you're wondering, should I really pursue this? Yes, because he said so. But Peter was able to walk on water simply because Jesus said one word. Let me give you another example. The man who brought his demon-possessed son before Jesus. Do we not think that he had tried every possible thing to heal his son? It went as far as to say, he went to Jesus and said, this evil spirit inside of him, these demons, they have thrown him in the fire to try to kill him. 
as a parent, you're watching your child go through this for years. Do you not think he'd gone to every doctor, every magician, every potion, every anything? He tried it. I guarantee he did. Because nobody's going to sit and watch their son, their child, suffer like that and not do everything they can to help. Every healing pool, you don't think he waited? You don't think he tried? Of course he did. But what does it say? Mark 9, 25. It says, he rebuked the unclean spirit and spoke to it. Mm, We're back on that train again. I think you guys are following along now. He spoke to it. And then the boy, after years of suffering, was healed at that moment because he spoke to the demons. Even the demons have to flee when Jesus speaks. There's not a single mountain that's in front of you right now, a person, a situation that you're facing, that when Jesus says flee, it's not going to go. It has to. Why? Because he said so. What about the woman who'd been bleeding for 12 years? Hmm. I always, when I read that scripture, I've got an image in my head. Just like when you read a book and you kind of put your own image on it. I can't even imagine how distraught that woman was. 12 years, it says. 12 years she had this issue. Her friends didn't want to associate with her. Her family disowned her. There was no chance of being asked out on a date. You were that woman that everybody talked about. It's one thing to be left alone. It's another thing to be left alone and talked about. Come on, I know I'm speaking to somebody this morning that's gone through it. It's, man, that feeling when people are talking about you and you know it. Oh, So here's Jesus walking through the town, all these people touching him. Jesus, Jesus is awesome. I have this vision of like that superstar athlete walking into the gym and everybody's touching him. Everybody's going crazy. And this woman, it says she came from behind. Look it up. It says she came from behind. She didn't want to be seen. I always imagine she was probably crouching and trying to get through people and she didn't want anybody to see her. She didn't want anybody. What are you doing here? That's Jesus. Why are you here? You don't deserve to be here. We don't don't even want you near him. It didn't say she mustered up so much faith to scream out, Jesus, please help me. No. She said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, maybe I can be healed. And then he stops and says, who touched me? Everybody says, Jesus, everybody's touching you. What are you talking about? But wait a minute. She had just enough faith to touch him. He spoke out her healing. Didn't say he laid hands on her. Didn't say he rushed her off to surgery. Didn't say he took her to the best physician in town. The power left him because she had enough faith and then he spoke her healing and it said she stopped bleeding at that moment because he said so. See, when you're a king's kid, You heard me mention a couple minutes ago, there's just some things that you can't escape. 
Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I've been following the Prince Harry and Meghan thing uh, too closely, but I watched enough of it. I know they're over in the States now. I know they said, we're done with this British royalty thing. We're moving on. Do you really think that Harry and Meghan are just treated normally now? Come on. They're out in L.A. The paparazzi are following them. They walk in a restaurant. Do you think they're, I'm sorry, it's going to be a three-hour wait because we're on 50% capacity. And uh, Prince Harry, could you put your mask on? No, I don't think that's happening. British royalty. You can leave. You can go wherever you want. It's still royalty. You may say, okay, Dan, you're talking about British royalty here. I'm, I'm not British royalty. No, you're not. You're better than that. You're a king's kid. You're a child of the Most High God. You are a child of the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the creator of all things. It's your dad. There's some power that comes with that. There's favor that comes with that. Start expecting that. Start expecting to walk in that favor. Reclaim that blessing because it's yours. It's already been given to you. Regardless of what someone may have told you in your life, you're a king's kid and nothing can change that. There's no mistake that you've made, nothing that's happened in your life that can take that from you. I promise you that today because he said so. So since we're talking about kings and queens here, I want you guys to help me out with a little something. I've got a wedding anniversary coming up here in a few days. And I was thinking about getting my wife something really cool. So I was thinking, you guys got to help me out here, okay? You know, keep it a secret. I was going to get her this. It's a really awesome piece of coal. What do you think? Did you like it? No? Maybe too big, too small? What do you think? Wait, wait, wait. Some of the guys are probably saying, Dan, that's a great idea. Get a good deal on that. I don't think any of the women watching right now are saying, great gift, Dan. Now, I try to be a great gift giver, but I, I don't know. But see, she likes these things. Diamonds? She likes these. But doesn't this come... From coal? Hmm. But only with pressure. Only with pressure. So you heard Dino talk about this stuff last week. Look at this reclaimed wood behind us. Now, listen. My wife has made me watch a lot of HGTV. Secretly, don't tell her. I actually enjoy it a little bit, but I'm not going to admit it. She knows now, but I'd kept it a secret for a while. And while I am no Chip and Joanna Gaines, I know some cool reclaimed wood when I see it. We all like that reclaimed wood. We like the look. We like that weathered look. We like the strength, the durability. But people want the reclaimed wood 
and they admire its beauty, but they forget about the storm that caused it to look this way. The reclaimed wood didn't always look like this. The storm caused it. And a lot of us right now feel like we're in a storm. Your marriage, your marriage may feel like it's been hit by an earthquake. You may have even said, it's like I heard my world crack when my spouse told me they're done. It may feel like your family's been hit by a tsunami. Maybe you lost a family member during COVID-19. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you're struggling to keep your house. You're sitting here hearing about how everybody else is doing well and they're getting back on their feet and you just can't find your footing. You personally may feel like your own life is in the middle of a tornado right now. You don't even know what direction you're heading in. I may be speaking to some young adults right now. You just graduated, you're about to graduate and you say, I have no idea what I'm doing. I got this piece of paper. Maybe I didn't get this piece of paper. Maybe, maybe the world is trying to tell you that you're less than what you're supposed to be because you don't have that degree. You went in a different direction. You feel like you're just spiraling around and you're just, you're just trying to get your bearings. Maybe some of you this morning are battling depression. You feel like you're in a torrential downpour and the umbrella just isn't big enough. It's time to stop battling that face you see in the mirror every day. And it's time to reclaim your blessing. Regardless of the storm that you may be facing, know that God is bigger. Know that he's stronger. Know that he's bigger and stronger than anything that you could face. Know that he can still bring something good out of the situation too. Even when it doesn't seem like there's any way that something good can come out of it. Know that he can still bring something good out of it. See this wood? It didn't start this way. And neither did you. You didn't start this way. You're not who you are today because you started this way. There's beauty in that reclaimed wood. It was weathered by the storm, just like there's beauty in you, in the storm that you've been through. May it cause some scars. Well, here's what I'm gonna tell you. There's beauty in your scars. There's a quote that I want to share with you by a gentleman named Harry Cruz that says, there's something beautiful about all scars of whatever nature. A scar means the hurt is over, the wound is closed, healed, and done with. Reclaim it. Reclaim your blessing. Those scars, it's okay. 
It's okay. None of us are perfect. I promise you, I'm not sitting here before you right now perfect. I don't have it all right. The family isn't perfect. Guess what? God knows. He understands. And the blessing is still real because he said so. You may feel like nobody understands your storm. And I'm going to tell you this morning, I'm not going to stand before you and tell you that I understand your storm. I don't. But what I can tell you is this. God does. Not only does he know your storm, he understands your storm. And he also knows about the blessings that have been happening in the midst of the storm. Maybe some things that you haven't been able to see yet. You haven't been able to focus on it yet. You haven't been able to see the true fruition of what's going to take place. But there's some blessings that have been happening right in the midst of the storm. And he knows the blessings that are going to happen after the storm is over. He knows about the reclaimed wood in your life. He knows about the blessing that's going to come, even when we can't see it yet. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. That's us. All things work together for the good for us. It's time to reclaim your victory, to reclaim your blessings, to reclaim your joy, your peace. Why? Because he said so. So maybe you're hearing this message this morning. You're saying, Dan, this all sounds very new to me. I, I, I don't know this Jesus that you're talking about, the way that you're talking about him. Maybe you've heard it before, but you haven't, you haven't heard it this way. You haven't been told that you're forgiven, that you're blessed, that you're loved. Well, I'm here this morning to make sure that you know that. And this morning, I'd like to give you the opportunity to invite Jesus into your heart. If you've never made that declaration, then let today be the day. Let today be the day that you can look back and say, I remember the day that I made the decision to give my life completely to Jesus and reclaim that blessing or maybe just claim it for the first time. This morning, Maybe you're saying, I'm ready to reclaim it. God's speaking to you this morning. He's telling you, I said so. Because I said so. Reclaim it today. When we pray, we're going to be praying for both this morning. So if you're ready to ask Jesus 
to come into your heart. Or if you're ready to reclaim your blessings, let's all pray together and let's receive together. Repeat after me to, re to just invite Jesus into your heart. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I'm inviting you to be my Lord and Savior. Come live inside of me. I believe that you're the son of the living God. I believe that you paid for the sins of the world. I believe today that you're my Savior. I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose again so that I could live and have eternal life. I invite you into my heart in Jesus' name. And if we're reclaiming our blessing right now, Lord, we just ask that you would just open our minds, our hearts, and our spirits to receive everything that you've promised us. Not just some of it, but all of it. Lord, we want all that you want for us. Lord, we are here to reclaim every promise and blessing that you've given us. Lord, let us become aware of them. Let us find the new ones. But Lord, let us reclaim everything that you have for us. And then let us share that same message with others so we're not the only ones able to walk in this power, strength, and joy. And Lord, we just ask you to heal. Heal our nation. Heal our families. Bring us together. The division would be no more and that we could come together as one. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.